What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got a tribute slash put you up, kind of, but more of a tribute <laughs> for the debut album for the Dog Pound entitled Dog Food. This one's released October 31st, 1995. And of course, the Dog Pound DPG starring Dog Pound Gangsta Crap. Exactly, exactly. Starring <laughs> uh, Corrupt and Daz Dillinger. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this is, uh, is this a big one for you? Not as big as it should be, but yeah. I well, why, wh- why should it be bigger? How about that? So this is like a, an undisputed West Coast classic. Like if I asked any I of my it. friends, they would say this album is a classic in the same way that, you know, I said, only built for Cuban links is is a cult classic and you almost took my head off right like <laughs> all, all the homies that I grew up with would be upset if I tried to call this a cult classic um so I you know this is this being oh, a classic for sure so this is a record that you know has uh is very near and dear to the hearts of most folks on the west coast that makes I sense. don't think that it's as near and dear to my heart as an album um, as as it is to many other folks, which is funny because Corrupt as an artist is probably more near and dear to my heart than, than most other artists. And mm. probably if I had to name an artist that influenced me as a rapper, uh, Corrupt is probably in the top five. I right? can see that. So, you know, so I mean, you know, it, it's it, it's interesting that this album is not as near and dear to my heart as it probably is to a lot of folks who would call this a classic. Okay, well, like I said at the top, you know, this is Slash to put you up for me because this is my first time listening to this album. So why don't you tell us uh, the Where Were You's? You can you can do both at the same time. <laughs> well, we just talked about the Where Were You Now, so my first time listening to this album was this past week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you care about the other things that I'm listening to, I could I could tell you. But really, I mean, yeah, it's no, just, fine. you know, we just so listen to the dog pound. So let's talk about the where were you, I guess, when when this was was out. You know, it's 1995. Um, I don't remember when their hits were released. Let me actually take a look at that real quick. New York, New York like, was 95. OK, All right, so they were both 95. And the reason why I said I wasn't sure is because I know that this album got pushed back. I think Mm -hmm. it's released in October. It was supposed to be released in July, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Correct. Right. Um, And so I remember New York, New York from the radio. I vaguely remember the video. Um, Wow. Vaguely. Yeah. Well, because I wasn't really, I got to watch music videos here and there. Uh You know, this is 1995. I'm still in middle school. Here's why I'm surprised. Right. And I mean, this is probably all you know now in hindsight but my expectation from a perspective of you is one we all know about that video there's a lot of history around it biggie is involved in a lot of history around it with you know supposedly being accused as the reason why they had an issue with the west coast uh when they tried to shoot the video um and then additionally biggie shot a saint ides music video where he rapped over the the beat to to yeah and that's that's right the 
in the player. They pop the show, stop a throw these hands in the air. From back side of Van Nuys, St. Eyes, eyes droop like and that's the reason why I figured, you know, this would have more history about for that. you prior. To the, I forgot that that beat was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His flow on that was. Yeah, dope, he dope killed too. that shit. He yeah, definitely he kill killed that shit. Um, I, I think that, well, the reason why I said vaguely, it's not because I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with the video. I just vaguely right. remember watching it at the time. Okay. Is, is the Got more you. correct term. Gotcha. Um, so that's pretty much where I was. I wasn't really checking for. You know, I don't think this would have been on my radar. I think the things that were on my radar were like big stars. Mm, And if you're on the West Coast, yeah, Snoop Dogg is a big star. Dr. Dre, Tupac, big stars. Right, right. Um, I think that Busta Rhymes, I'm not sure if he's a big star, but he's such a big personality Mm -hmm. that like he's become a star. And, you know, Fuji's. (laughs) Um, yeah, they yeah, their yeah. their songs were ubiquitous on the radio yes. uh, on East Coast radio. Yes, Bone you know what I mean. So Bone Thugs, exactly, right? right like these right. are like big names, They're, and so I think that you know Dog Pound would have been one of those those groups that yeah they had the occasional you know hits on the radio. They they mm-hmm. were in the steady rotation, but they weren't being played like twice an hour. Right. You know what I mean. So yeah. I didn't have an, a reason to check for it then. And that's that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, I wasn't a big hip hop head back in 1995, right. even though that's all I listened to. I didn't really understand what the fuck I was listening to. It was really right, it was right. like I was just being the radio was dictating what I listened to. That's pretty much it. Makes sense. Yeah. Where were you? Um, Where was I? So uh, I'll start with uh, New York, New York. Uh, I would say New York, New York is kind of the beginning for me. Um, okay. It's 1995. I'm in my I'm in my cousin man's room. He's got this ginormous. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 a nigga, bro. I got I got a man <laughs> in my family. <laughs> I'm in my cousin man's uh room on the south side of Chicago. He's got this huge Craig Mack poster that says Operation Funk the Planet on it or whatever. Um and you know, he's he he watches music videos. I very rarely am able to watch music videos at the crib. So it's normally when I'm around family, like my cousins, my big cousins and stuff that I'm able to watch them. Um, and I will never forget the first time I saw the New York, New York video. And just, <laughs> you know, I mean, everything else that was on at the time, I remember the box was out, uh, you know, video music box where you could call in. And of course I couldn't call in because it cost $2.99 a minute or whatever. But, um... You know, so because of like the box and stuff, right, you would see like the same three or four videos over and over and over again. Um, And the videos we were watching at the time, you know, other than Snoop Dogg or whatever was like super mainstream was more local. So do or die. Right. So it was like do or die. Crucial conflict. Crucial conflict was kind of some wild West Side niggas. So they were a little, they, you know, they were a little different. They had the, the whole barn and but all that other stuff. They're Midwest, right? But they're mid, yeah, they're Chicago. Yeah, they're yeah, West yeah. Side of Chicago. Oh, and I that's what I mean Chicago. by Chicago. I thought they were like Ohio. Okay. No, nah, no, nah, they're from uh, the West Side of Chicago. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but do or die was kind of more like in the vein of the their, their videos were more in the vein of what I was used to with this bad boy shit that I was you know that type of okay. type of flavor right so so the stuff I was used to seeing in music videos was like you know uh hot tubs and champagne <laughs> bottles and sense. you know stuff like that and do or die you know they had still po pimping in these records where you know that was the type of stuff going on and I remember watching you know these videos that I was used to watching and seeing 
for the first time, this cat kick, you know, Snoop Dogg, which I, everybody knows Snoop Dogg, so I see Snoop Dogg, and then he's kicking over the buildings <laughs> in New York like Godzilla, and I just, I just remember like just stopping everything that I was doing to watch this video because it was just. It was just, it was crazy. Like, I, you know, I mean, we, I guess, you know, this is kind of the beginnings of, you're kind of hearing like, oh, you know, there's the, the New York, the, we, we've heard of like, kind of like Nas and Biggie, and these are names that I kind of know, but I don't really know because they're, they're a little mainstream, but I mean, yeah. Biggie's huge mainstream now, but they're, they're kind of mainstream, but they're not the biggest names. And then, you know, Death Row is like the biggest thing in the world, right? So, like, yeah. you, know, you got these West Coast cats. And so, to have these West Coast people knocking over buildings in clearly New York, right. and I'm in the Midwest, was like, what? <laughs> so, uh, I, that was crazy, right? And just seeing the video. And then, from the minute I saw the video, I don't know if it was a world premiere or a <laughs> Midwest world premiere, but from that point on, I just heard the song New York, New York over and over and over again. And, you. Um, and you know, I don't know if I had ever heard a single, like a, a single that was played on the radio where one guy rapped three verses and they were all lyrical verses, right? So, you know, this dude's talking about like bubonic plague in his verse, you know, and it's a song that's getting played on the radio. So, I mean, I think... For me, as a young, impressionable guy who didn't really know what, like, his own personal flavor of hip-hop and music and tastes were going to be, I think it was very, it was very important and very influential, you know, my the moment where I interacted with New York, New York. Okay. And not for all that East Coast versus West Coast shit, but just for, like, you know, Corrupt has three verses on this song, and he's not right. the only person who raps, right? Like... Um, and so just, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it was a big deal. I had Snoop Dogg on it, whatever. So that was my intro to it. I have like mad where we used. So sorry. I'm, I got like three more. <laughs> well, yeah. So, well, just tell me how this album yeah. grew with you. So then, you know, I moved to Cali, um, what in 96. So, mm -hmm. you know, a, a year later, you know, I get into West Side Connection, Bow Down and all that, which we talked about. I get into Tupac. Uh, one of the beds that would play on the radio all the time was What Would You Do by The Dog Pound. Okay. And so similar to what you were talking about, like this was like a bed of music and, and instrumental that I would hear in the background as the DJs who were on the radio would talk. So like, you know, I didn't even know the song because I wasn't familiar with it before that, but I, but I would hear the bed, hear the bed, hear the bed. And then one day I was listening to a Cali Caliente power mix and what would you do the song by by dog pound is dropped in that joint and i'm like oh my god this is the greatest thing i've ever heard so okay then i become like a dog pound fan right okay. um this album though i st it's still i still never really listened to this album in the way that i talked about kind of the tupac album where growing up this album was always in the background you, I go over Ken Dog's house and we be we be playing Golden Eye or something, and this song is uh, this album is playing in the background. Uh, I go to some dude's crib and they're smoking weed, and you know there's girls coming in and out, and Dog Pound Dog Food is playing in the background. Like, it was that an album sense. that everybody I knew had, but I didn't have it, and I so I like I knew a lot of the songs just because they would be playing in the background in places. This um, is an album, and we'll get into it more. And I don't want to take away from the quality of the album, but this is an album that would go really well as background music, yes. just whatever. 
Yes, sure. and and imagine also like being on the West Coast and it being your background music, right? Like it really does talk a lot about and and the the lingo, the slang, the sound is a very California album. So being in California, like, and this is not again not to to down it. It just is what it is, right? Like it's the perfect background soundtrack for you know being in a house hanging out doing whatever in california look i think um, that's a compliment so yeah and so you know i mean i didn't i never really sat down and made myself listen to this album until we said we were going to talk about it on the podcast so really i'm okay. actually in the same boat as you i've heard probably heard this a million times but to sit down and actually make myself listen to it and say oh this is song number five this is song number 10 this was my first time doing that okay well we're gonna get to that mm -hmm. um before we do, though, what's the critical reception? Uh, and I'm not really one to talk about this because yeah. none of my friends were, were talking about this album at all. Yeah. So oh, all I had to do is go off of Wikipedia and mm -hmm. it looks like it's got like a B plus, A minus, give yeah. or take. Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe you won't kill me this time, but this time the homies will kill me. Uh, but, you know, this is a cult classic. Like this is, okay. you know, it, it, even despite what the people are saying in these like i see one of them spin magazine gave this a five out of ten cool but like you know the hood the streets call this album a classic i mean i think that it's fair to call this a west coast classic without calling it a cult classic right the fact mm. that west coast music wasn't necessarily necessarily prominent like in new york like that's not yeah. the fault of the dog pound especially right. because i think this is a really good album yeah and, and you so, can't and a, you can't tell the story of like g-funk or really like west coast rap without this album yeah but mm -hmm. i mean well okay so i can't speak to that obviously you mm -hmm. can but mm -hmm. i've listened to some of these other west coast projects that you've encouraged me to listen to we haven't always talked about it sometimes mm -hmm. it's like hey you know you should go listen to this and i'm like you know i'm not really feeling this but like this mm -hmm. is one that I think is deserving of just being called a classic period. So right. look, just because, you know, we weren't really privy to it that much mm -hmm. in, in where I was from. And that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean that people on the streets in the DMV area, yeah. you know, because like I, I went to, um, uh, you know, a, a white high school, uh -huh. you know what I mean? And so like, even though my friends were black, mm -hmm. like we're still like very, very, very much like the minority in a, in a white high school, white public school, and so it's just like they weren't really, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of surprised they weren't on this. And here's why. Right. So, well, OK, well, what I was going to well, say real quick is that I okay. think other parts of the DMV were. So I think that if you okay. get into like Alexandria, right, okay. like I think if you get into the parts of the DMV area, the parts of D.C., Virginia and Maryland mm -hmm. that are more, I guess, quote unquote, hood or street. Mm -hmm. They don't give a fuck about the cats in New York. They care mm -hmm. much more about UGK. They care right. much more about Scarface. Scarface love Scarface, yes. uh -huh. right? Love Go-Go. Love Northeast Groovers and Backyard Band and RE. And love Tupac. Definitely prefer Tupac over Biggie. I think that that crowd mm -hmm. was probably more in tune with this album. Right. They, that, that's a crowd that cared about artists like Do or Die. Yeah. Cared about artists like, I don't know about Twister, but definitely definitely Do mm -hmm. or Die, um, mm -hmm. Ball and G. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that that crowd, I'd be interested to hear their take. Unfortunately, yeah. I can't offer that take, but mm -hmm. I would, I suspect that that crowd was probably fucking with this album because it's a good yeah. album. Yeah. I mean, you know, just as a kid that was, you know, because of the fact that, so, you know, 
the next year I would move to California and then I was kind of back and forth. We moved to the suburbs. We still had family in, you know, Cabrini and, you right. know, like I, I, I feel like I got exposure to like a lot of different environments. And I remember seeing white kids with this album. And I feel like, you know, in the way that, you know, Snoop Dogg was was almost kind of rebellious, like, oh, my mom and dad are going to be so mad that I have this album. Right. Like, it's right. like he's chasing tail on the on the, you know, the cover of the album. I feel like Bone Thugs and this were the two other albums that I would see white kids walking around with because it was like it almost gave them like cred, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to something that I know I'm not supposed to be listening to. OK. So I'm, that's just my experience. I don't know. I don't know if that's you know everybody's experience. That was just kind of what I remember seeing as as a kid. Yeah, I, I can't really speak to that, but I mean, you mm -hmm. know, I'm, I'm not going to challenge it. Yeah. So, so um, but critical reception. So this is definitely a West Coast classic. Definitely a, a classic for the streets. Um, okay. So should we get into the the highlights and lowlights? Yeah, let's get to it. Um, I, I'd, I'd be interested to hear your actual, uh, your highlights. Yeah, so I will say, first of all, I think this is a good album. Um, and yeah, let me just, let me just get into it. So I think that, you know, obviously Corrupt as an MC yeah. is a highlight on here. Yep. He's, you know, Corrupt is a spitter and he's spitting on here, mm -hmm. but like he also sounds good. Mm -hmm. And like... I I acknowledge that Corrupt is a very, very good MC, mm -hmm. but I don't always hear it sometimes, too. Like, it's mm. one of those things where it's like, I know you're good, but like, I'll hear you in a song and I'm like, eh. But like, right. that's not the case on this album. Like, mm. dude is spitting for real. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Corrupt as an MC is definitely a highlight. Mm -hmm. Daz as a producer is a highlight. Hell and yeah. as a complimentary vocalist yes. is yes. also a highlight. Look, this is a legit hip hop duo. You know, this is a duo where you obviously have your 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 front man, you know, your your star and that your lyrical star and that is that is corrupt. But yeah. like you still need a number two that is strong and can hold his own and can compliment you. You know what I mean? Like all the best duos have that. And Daz is that on this. And the, yes. and the reason why I had to emphasize that is because mm -hmm. I don't always fuck with Daz as a vocalist. Right. A lot of times I think he's whack. Right. Period. You know what I mean? I'm just like, eh. like, like I have an appreciation for him. Mm -hmm. But like the dude's not nice. But like nah, like he works on this. He's good. Yeah, you know what I mean. So Agreed. so, but Daz is a producer as well, and I had to highlight this because this is this is while Dre is still with um, Death Row, and so the mm -hmm. fact that you know Daz produces all but or at least is credited with all but two tracks on this is, is mm -hmm. kind of dope. It yeah. kind of speaks to just how talented Death Row was. For sure. You know what I mean? Um, but the other thing I have to say, one of the biggest highlights for me is Dog Pound just as a collective. Mm. It's very clear that they are like, they sound like Snoop's background group, <laughs> but they also don't need Snoop on every single track. Like, yeah. this isn't a case where it's like a Junior Mafia album and unless Biggie's <laughs> on the track, it's whack. It's like, no, like, you know, Snoop, Snoop is there and it works. But like he doesn't outshine any of the other two. Agreed. They're they're dope without him. Like they, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, sometimes some of these, you know, these uh, collective hip hop groups are considered like the entourage, right? Where like the main artist comes up and then they bring in their crew behind them. A lot of yeah. times those artists are not good, but like right. that's not the case here. Yep. They deserve like even if Snoop was never a thing, yeah, it's very clear to me that they deserve to have a a place 
in hip hop, right? Especially mm-hmm. with this album. Yeah. Um, and the other thing too that's a highlight for me, and the, and the reason why that point matters is because I don't want to talk too much about these albums um, because we're probably going to do separate episodes on them. But like, yes. you have asked me to listen to Corrupt, uh, Corruption, and Streets as a Mother. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to those albums at least once, and I remember being not really feeling them. But like, that's not the case here. I was actually a little apprehensive about listening to this album. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, oh, wait, this is way better than Corrupt Solo Project. So we don't have to go mm-hmm. dig too deep into that rabbit hole because, to be honest, I'm not even really prepared to have that discussion. Mm-hmm. You can offer some talking points if you want to. But That's either way, cool. in terms of just like general highlights, yeah. those are the highlights for me. And I think it's interesting that you say that, you know, just to expound, like, I, I think, you know, I think that speaks to how well Daz, um, you know, compliments uh corrupt you know as a as a lyricist um and as a you know as a group member um you know in addition to his production because like you said like i i I disagree with you about those albums and we can oh i'm sure you talk about them but you know um the way they complement each other it's interesting because you know i'll go back to new york new york right like Corrupt has fucking three verses on on a radio single, right? Like, yeah. and and he's talking about bubonic plague on his shit, right? Like, it's <laughs> like it, it it wouldn't work unless the production, you know, the hooks and everything else that's happening around it works, right? Like we talked about um we talked about it on the game episode, right? Like you got a guy that just wants to rap for a hundred bars or three hundred bars, like that's cool, but like right. you know it 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 doesn't work unless the other pieces around it work. Yeah. And um, and I think, you know, that's just a testament to Daz as, you know, I guess I'll call him a co-executive producer. I guess Dre was kind of the executive producer here, too. Um, But, you know, somebody who was providing these soundtracks and providing the compliment to Corrupt, who, as you said, is clearly the like standout or lead lyrical talent on the on the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I wanted to add is. It's funny that he's kind of in this like this dog pound collective, right? Because, you know, they come from an environment where Snoop Dogg is this guy who's known to be this great freestyler, um, you know, and so Dre gets on and, you know, his 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 brother, uh, you know, Warren G is telling him, yo, I'm in a group with this guy, Snoop. He's great. You should hear him. He hears Snoop. Snoop gets signed. Snoop becomes a part of 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 what Dr. Dre is doing. Well, similarly, you know, Corrupt is this guy that's, you know, in L.A. tearing everybody up in battles. And they're like, oh, there's this guy that might be as good at freestyling as you. So it's 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 actually kind of dope that like Snoop kind of stays out of his way and he's able to be a complimentary piece to Snoop and Snoop's able to be a complimentary piece to him on this album. Like like it's dope that it worked because in a lot of cases yeah. and you know this, man, like like when, when people that rap like a lot of times it doesn't work. Like you can't have two alpha dogs. You can't have like a guy like there's, yeah. there's a, a notorious or, you know, I guess similar to this whole like DMX and Jay-Z battle that everybody talks about, but there's no supposedly no video or maybe there's a video, but we don't know. Like there's a, there's a corrupt and Snoop Dogg battle that's famous in LA lore where the two of them battled in a club. And that was how, you know, they became cool with each other, had respect for each other, and yeah. corrupt, you know, kind of comes becomes down. So it was just dope that they're able to work together in concert the way they were on this album. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with Snoop, Happy just because 
Snoop has never really seemed mm -hmm. like too competitive when it comes to sharing the spotlight. Yeah. And I think that has to do with the fact that Snoop is just such an, a secure individual with who he is and like what mm -hmm. he brings to a song yeah. and what he brings to hip hop. Like there's Nobody no can replace. Exactly. Ever. So knowing that, having right. full confidence in that, he's like, well, you can shine too because I'm yeah. Snoop. I'm always going to shine. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. okay. Um, the only other highlight I want, I want to just briefly mention are mm -hmm. the skits. Yeah. Um, they're really good. In fact, I think you know an album has a good skits when you make sure you need to listen to the entire song just in case you get some more of that. If you're licking that W balls. <laughs> Ricky uh, Harris, man. He's, he's that hilarious. dude, yo. <laughs> <laughs> the skits are definitely a highlight for me. So, yeah. um, should we get into some track for track highlights? Yeah, let's do it. Um, look. Right off the bat, Dog Pound Gangsters. Uh, yeah, just like, what a well-mixed song. Just good energy, good West Coast vibe. Like, I fucks with it. Yeah. You know, I, love, I love how Corrupt comes in. Like, his first line is, what does he say? Now my rhymes are as potent as pipe bombs. It takes time to concoct rhymes like mines, like landmines. All set to explode. Microphone is all set to unload. Zone watch, that means watch the zone. I'm in a temple with a million dead MC microphones. And they all want it back by the geeks. Sleep if you dare, cause death catch niggas when they sleep. Aware of the consequences, it's senseless to face a prosecuted life with death and see sentence. I'm explosive like pipe bombs or something. Like his, his first bar is like, dog, I'm gonna tear y'all up. This is what I do. And I, I like that about the album. Look, it's, it's a hard track that's also just a good song musically. And I think it does a, a good job of, of showcasing the two of them. And yeah, like I, I just, I like that as a, I like that as a, I guess, you know, there's the intro, but the intro is only like 18 seconds, which is also yeah. cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but it's just, it pretty much just goes right into it. So I like that. Mm -hmm. um, I like Respect. I'm not going to call it a highlight, but I definitely liked it. Um, yeah. Did you want to discuss that as a highlight or no? It's not a highlight for me. It's just cool. Okay. Yeah. So I think, is New York, New York a highlight for you? Yes. So here's the deal. Okay. It's actually not a highlight for me. Okay. And the reason why, it's not because I don't like the song. It's not because mm -hmm. I don't love the beat. Mm -hmm. It's because, like, is this supposed to be a diss track? No. I mean, they made the track before. It, the video is a diss. But the, the video is a diss, but, like, the song is, is not. not. And I think not. that's the reason why it's not a highlight. Because, like, I'm listening uh -huh. to this and I'm like, oh, he's just spitting. He's not even talking shit. <laughs> Speaking of disses, though, we did skip the fact that they just Bone Thug catches yes. a stray in the first one. <laughs> I don't love no no hoes in harmony. <laughs> yeah, damn. I caught that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's but, the only uh, reason why this track is not a highlight. That's me, weird but, though. Like, why yeah. does it have to be a diss? No, just because I I because I'm like, oh, New York, New York is on this. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, let me actually pay attention to the song. Like, I I know how famous the song is, and I'm like, oh, he's not even talking shit. Like, they oh, said they made the song to big up New York, and the only reason they did that video was because they went to shoot the video, and Big sent motherfuckers to shoot at them in the, at the at the the video shoot. Oh, is that is that what happened? Yeah. Really? I thought we talked about this on a podcast. Oh so the, shit. So the story is, or supposedly, you know, Panama. Correct me if I'm wrong. He usually knows when I'm wrong. Uh, but <laughs> so uh. They, they they recorded the song. Um, Snoop came last and was like, oh, yo, I could use this Melly Melly hook, Melly Mel hook. So he, you know, he does the Melly Mel hook, uh, you know, New York, New York, big city of dreams. 
And they're like, yo, we can we can fly out to New York and shoot it to show New York that we fuck with them. Like, yo, like, you know, it'll be like some East Coast, West Coast together type shit. Right. So they fly out to New York to shoot the video and they shoot it in a random hood in Brooklyn. And for whatever reason, Biggie gets a call like, hey, yo, it's some niggas from Cali shooting a video like in in a hood in Brooklyn. So Biggie has a radio interview that day or at the time or something. I guess he he finds out like as he's going up to the radio or something. So he gets on the radio and is basically like, yo, these niggas is, is, is out here trying to, you know, act like they run us, whatever, whatever. You know, this is where they at. Y'all should go see them. Well, so you, you gotta do better than that. That right. being said, though, there is something to be said when, like, when you're a visitor, you let people know you're visiting. That's yes, what they no. say. That's what they say. I, I don't know. I don't know that. Like, did they, was Biggie the guy they needed to check in with? I don't know. I have no I'm idea. Sure, I'm, sure so. Look, he, I'm sure. I'm sure. Knowing Snoop, I'm sure. At that Snoop, point, he knew somebody. Yo, at that point, he was the king of New York, though. Yeah, that's fair. Even in '95, so, he was the king of New York. Yeah. So. So 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 Biggie t- it says this on the radio. Okay. Random, supposedly, again, <laughs> Puff and Big never take credit for the shit that they actually right. do. I'm sorry. Uh, but supposedly he said that and just left it like that. And random dudes from Brooklyn decide to run up, um, you know, on their video shoot, <laughs> spray the joint up. They're in That's their trailer. Nice. They're I'm sitting in their trailer. Nice. And and all of a sudden gunfire, it, you That's know, terrible. erupts into their trailer. Um, and so, you know, they end up. You know, going back to California okay. and Biggie then got being pulled like, like Donald Trump, <laughs> apparently. And apparently, you know, or 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 supposedly, as the story would go, they were like, "Yo, motherfuck them, motherfucking New York niggas. We about to come out with our video and let them know how we feel about them." And okay. then it became a diss. So the video is a diss, but the song is not a diss. That's all. Got you. Okay. Yeah. All right. But um, great song. I, I think one thing to point out about it, though, uh, in addition, is that DJ Pooh made this beat. Yeah. And that and that's just interesting from the perspective of the fact that he only produced two things on here. Daz did the whole rest of it. And this is one of the few, to me, songs that's like a, what I'll call like a nuclear song. And I think that's another reason why it's a highlight for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's very few songs that have actual song structure to them in the, on this album. Okay. So like, you know, verse hook, verse hook, you know, yeah. hook, that's a very catchy hook that you know it's the hook. Like, New York, New York has that, and many of the other songs on this album do not. I got you. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. All right, so um, my next highlight is uh, Cyclo, Psycho Like No. Oh. Um, so I love that hook. I don't know where else I've heard it. I know I've heard it before. Help me out. What what else? What other song is this on? Uh, there's a psycho like no two, and there they say that hook somewhere else in yes. another. Oh, in another it's song. in um, change the game. Uh, uh the Jay Z giant change the game for the. Oh, is that where? Oh, the, oh it is. Change it is. It is. Okay. 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 Like, okay. Like, no, just, yeah, that's yeah. where you know. Okay. Bro. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's such a good song. I love that song. It is. Um, it really is. So that's I think a West Coast that, New York song. That's the reason why. That's one of the reasons why I like the song so much. Other, yeah, the other yeah. thing too is that I love. Um, I think it's, it's Snoop who's doing the hook, right? I love it. Like yeah. the little ad lib at the end, or the little part in the end where he's just like murderer. 
uh-huh. you murderer. Like for whatever reason, I don't know. It's just a good. It's just a good group. Like I, I don't have much else to say about it other than like the song is just a highlight for me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a highlight for me too. But I think that though, I do like those little breadcrumbs and the fact that that psycho like no hook comes back up multiple times yeah, in hip hop like history it. makes me it's like a dope this hook. song more. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, so the next highlight for me is uh, riding, slipping, and sliding. And man, this is just a good groove. Yeah, it is. It's just a good groove. I don't have much else to say about it other than I was like, yo, like I'm just, I'm in a vibe right now. Like I'm feeling yeah. this joint. Yeah. You are, you you right on all my uh my my highlights. Okay. All right. <laughs> um. So I'm going to skip one or skip mm. a few. And my next highlight is I don't like to dream about getting paid. Okay. And the reason why this is a highlight for me is because I really just like the concept of this song. Yeah. Fact. Um, now, I'm not sure how true to life this scenario actually is about the person who is trying to, you know, play it straight, get an mm-hmm. actual job and then uh-huh. they fall back into, you know, the, the woes of the street life or whatever. Right. Like, All I'm right. not sure how true to life that is. I, I've never lived it, so I don't know. That being said, though, I think it is a rather unique perspective for a song. You don't hear about it enough. Yeah. And the fact that it comes from this group, yeah. you know, like we talked about this before when we talked about uh, West Side Connection, which I think mm-hmm. this album is a much better album than that West Side Connection album. Right? Oh, wow. But nevertheless, nevertheless, mm-hmm. that album, there's a lot of bravado. And you would yes. never hear a song like this mm-hmm. on that album because right. they're just talking shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you know about like who dog pound is but you don't really know their their catalog but you kind of know who they are like i i do Mm -hmm. i this is not a song that i would expect from them especially when dash dillinger is the one who's like the feature like the main highlight on it yeah yeah so because of that i'm like wow that's surprising this song's kind of dope yeah i think I, i agree with you uh you know we talked about how we feel as though you know it, it you can't really make it real without giving the other side of the coin right like you can't just celebrate oh i'm a gangster i'm a gangster i'm a gangster it's like all right cool like what does that really mean and i think this you know to me is that what makes it a highlight is that subject matter that really just gives you the other side of the coin of like you know I, you know part of I'm, I'm partially a product of my environment and this is you know this is kind of the alternative where I, you know, I would have tried to do X, Y, and Z, but it's yeah. just not really an option for me. Yeah, so I think it's an important song. And yeah, like, as a real piece of music, like, it's just, it's good. It's necessary. I think it's refreshing as well. When I, when I listened again to this album, this song actually reminded me of the Little Fires Everywhere scene where she <laughs> says, like, you had good options. Because yeah. it's just like, yo, like, I didn't have any options. Like, I tried, like, I tried to do all this other shit. And it didn't yeah. work, and this is why. So, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Um, so the next highlight for me is "Do What I Feel," and it's a good groove. But more so than that, like "Corrupt" just shines on these joints. I love this song. Uh, "Corrupt" so is a beast, man. Yeah, this is probably my second favorite song on this whole album. Look, I feel you. Yeah, uh, yeah, joint's dope. Yeah. I, I don't have much else. Uh, I don't have much else to say other than it's just a dope track. One thing I want to add is, uh, "Lady of Rage" after Afro Puffs. She kind of mm-hmm. like a, she's kind of like an Easter egg. Like she just kind of pops fair. up on shit, and then you just fucking never see her again for five years. So I just, I'm happy that we have a Lady of Rage feature on this. Okay. Um, the next highlight for me, and I, I love this song, is if we all fuck. Uh, <laughs> this shit is so yeah. dope to me. 
Look, it's a simple groove, uh-huh. right? It's short and to the point. Yeah. It's just um, it's just your bros on the mic talk about getting some pussy, right? Like <laughs> that's all it is. Just talking about getting bitches. Like, <laughs> look, problematic, misogynistic, whatever. But like, it's just short and to the point. Like it's not, it's not a long track. It's right. just, it's like, yo, this is what we gonna do. We just yeah. gonna get on the mic and and, and spit this shit and like. Right. Yo, this shit just works. Like, yeah, I fuck with this track, yo. Nah, I actually love it as well. Um, and you know, not to spoil the thunder, but you know, m- one of my highlights, my overarching highlights, was the run that takes you from you know New York, New York, all the way through some bomb ass. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so no, you know, every single song that you're talking about is in that run. I think that's a great run. Personally. No, it is a good run. It's a very good yeah. run. And I skipped one, and I'm sure we're going to go back to it when we do your highlights. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so, you know, the other thing I love about this this track is the outro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, he's just on the phone with some chick talking about like, oh, how many, how many, how many, how many girls you got with you? Oh, it's five. Yeah, how many hoes? Like, oh, fives. Like, oh, well, we just going to the freeway now. It's like, y'all fucking take it too long. It's corrupt there. It's snip there. Whatever. And then it goes into the next track. Girl, you got some bomb ass pussy. You got some bomb ass pussy. Yo, this is the like this whole sequence, including yeah. this song, some bomb ass. Like it's just a yeah. highlight. It's just fire. Yo. It's so weird because I called it a meh light, right? Uh, really? The no, not the song. This song is in okay. my highlight run. Uh but right. the the kind of sophomoric misogyny of this album. That's fair. Because it's it's fair. obviously sophomoric and misogynistic, yeah. but then you can't have this album without it. And exactly. um, these exactly. two songs back to back just really fucking work. Like they're great songs. Yes, they do. <laughs> they absolutely do. So, um, and you know, the, the thing is, is that like, I've heard that phrase before said that way. Like you got some bomb ass pussy. I didn't realize it came from this album. <laughs> so I'm assuming it comes from this album. I'm assuming that Probably. this song didn't take from something else that like any other reference or any other time that like that phrase is uttered in that way is taken from this song. I'm assuming so. Probably. Probably. So anyway, uh, that was just a highlight for me. Uh And um, that's the last of the highlights for me in terms of the individual tracks. But I know I skipped one that I'm sure you might want to talk about. Are you talking about Big Pimpin'? Um, Well, I'm talking about Let's Play House. Oh, man. Uh, Let's Play House is it has to be a highlight. Um, And it's not even a personal highlight, right? It's it's just a fucking West Coast classic. Like it's I got you. I mean, come on, man. Like what? I can't I I don't even know what else to say about it. It's it it is what it is. So it's the ain't no fun of this album. That's fair. So here's what I wrote in my notes. Okay. I said I actually don't like this song musically, but I can see this song growing on me in high school and growing up to see it as a classic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, listening to it now, I'm like, there's actual musical things that really fucking. First of all, Misha Lay is horrible on it. She's not good on here. You're right. She sounds bad. Right? She sounds bad. And like, it's goofy, it's sophomoric. Here's what I will say though I, I I don't mind this song, it's just not a highlight. But that being said, this song that's been stuck in my head as I've been just like roaming around the house is is it Dad? Because it's not Nate. It's Daz Dillinger singing, right? It says, Let's you be the mama and I be the daddy. Are you talking about the... Uh, Who, who's actually house? singing Let's Play Nate Hat? That's Nate? Yeah, that's okay, Nate. that is Nate. All right. That that hook has been has been like stuck in my head. And it's not it's not bad. It's just the song is not a highlight for me. But that being said, yeah. I understand 
that this song is a highlight. It's just not the, a highlight for me personally. There's a lot of little catchy be- bits and the um just the melody. It's just, I, I don't know, man. I, I, it works. Um, no, I think oh, you're right. No, though. Michelle sounds bad. Yo, Michelle sounds horrible. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. So, you know, and it, the, the thing is, is like, I was listening to the song and I was like, oh, I know that this is like, I could just tell, like, listening to the song, like, this is like one of the classic tunes from the album. I'm just yeah. not really fucking with it. I don't mind it. I, like, and, I don't hate it. And it's all. also one of the songs similar to the New York, New York, that's more mm-hmm. nuclear, right? Like, it sounds yeah. like an actual song as opposed to just two niggas that are just smoking weed and having a conversation, which right. <laughs> most of the songs on this album sound like. Right. And, I, you know, I think this was their second single, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. The first, second yeah. or first? Yeah, Let second just check the Wikipedia. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, Wikipedia, yeah. So okay, so that's it for my highlights. Do you have any other uh, any other uh, highlights? So Big Pimpin is in that run, and okay. it's a highlight from that perspective. I really like the production on Big Pimpin, Big, and I like the good production, and I like the brevity, right? Like it's just it yeah. is real brief. They say what they gotta say, like you know, um, who who is the dude? Is it, it's it's Ricky? Uh, it's Ricky is. Harris? Is it? It's like one of the the not W balls, but like one of the radio announcers is talking on it. The beat is just super smooth and pimp-tastic. It says Delamond Williams, so whoever Delamond Williams is, that's not Daz, is it? I think that, I think that might be the that's the dude that does, one of the dudes that does the radio shit. No, uh, um, Delmar Arnaud is uh is Daz. Yeah, so Delamond Williams is the writer on Big Pimpin' Two, and I do yeah. think that like as a as a bit of street pimping poetry like it works yeah no i really yeah, i really i'm not sure really it's, like it. it's like me, a highlight for me i got you yeah okay. and then the last one i'll say and it's not even really a highlight but it needs to be highlighted is reality okay and the only reason i'm highlighting it is because similar to uh what we said about i don't like to dream about getting paid like you know reality is one of the records that talk about the flip side of the coin right it's like it's the story of like growing up in a gang in a, in a gang land in gang territory and like the fact that like that is your reality there's no way to hide from it you can't walk around it you can't pretend and i think you know i think we talked about this a little bit on the episode with panama uh, where we talked about protest music and you know i've had many conversations with friends but you know you, you watch Fox News or, you know, you hear these places and they're like, why are these terrible hoodlums gangbangers, you know? And it's yeah. just like, you know, not understanding or not trying to understand the reality of of the environment and how you can be a product of your environment. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, when you wake up, I mean, there are people, there are kids that live in a blood neighborhood and go to school in a crip neighborhood. Like... Right. You, these these are things where it's like at a very just you know survival is 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 one of your very basic instincts and you know just at a very basic survival level they have to engage with these you know very real situations and I think that reality is important for that from that perspective. I think that's a good point. That's a much better analysis than I would have been able to offer um, because if we're going to get into the lowlights, is that cool? Yeah. Go for it. I think that this 
the last three songs on the album are kind of a collective low light for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason why is because although I think you make good points about the song Reality, it's also six minutes and 16 seconds. Yeah. Followed by another track, it's 509. <laughs> yeah. Followed by another track, that's five minutes and 44 seconds. Right. And they all kind of have like a similar musical tone to it. Yeah. Kind of like it's West Coast, but it's really laid back in like, I think it's it's like the, the emphasis on like the weed smoking aspect and i think that like by the time i'm listening to this album and i'm getting to these songs like back to back to back yeah. collectively i'm just like yo i'm kind of tired like i'm kind of i'm kind of like over this sound that i'm that i'm hearing and it kind of takes me out of the album a little bit i definitely agree with you um and you know one of my overarching you know low lights is just song length in general yeah. Um, but I do think that that those last three songs, it really after some bomb ass, I kind of I'm kind of like, eh. well, you know, like, Dog's Day Afternoon, um, you know, what's his face? Corrupt is, got, is on there with some energy, but like yeah. it's a it's a quick song. It's like two yeah, minutes and forty six. Yeah, exactly, seconds. exactly. You know? But I think from there, like I kind of start to lose the energy that I had yeah. in that run that I was telling you about. I think that reality might have done better, maybe higher up on the album, but like. Mm just where it's placed like by this point i'm kind of like losing momentum for it but yeah. i mean that being said I, I i don't think they're bad songs it's just mm -hmm. kind of a low light yeah and they don't deter from the fact that i think that this is a really good album and yeah. in terms of the people who say this is a classic you're not going to get any challenges from me this yeah. this shit is dope i was very surprised by this album so i have to <laughs> you know i have to give it two thumbs up here okay I think it's I think the album itself is too long and and that and that's fair. part yeah. of why, you know, but but like you said, you know, it, it does start to drag at the at the very end. Um and and I'm more highlighting, you know, when I talk the the highlights, the subject matter in reality than the way it was executed. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um yeah. but you know, I will say I think that with albums like this, they mm -hmm. came out particularly these ones that came out in the 90s where you know, you could tell that they cared about the musicality of the product they were putting out yeah where audiences were actually you know one we had the the attention span to sit with these albums for a while but we're also kind of encouraged to sit with these albums for a while right, right? like it's not like today's artists were or a lot of today's today's artists where you know they have one or two hits and then they're literally just like pumping out tunes to fill out the rest it's right. like no it's like okay back then they had a, a couple of hits because they needed to get some radio play but like the real things that the artists want to say is in the rest of like the meat of the album right, right? right and i think that there's a lot of albums like the, that you know like this from that time period and i think mm -hmm. that given albums like that mm -hmm. i think that it's not necessarily uncommon for even some of the really good ones to have really really good track runs mm -hmm. and then they have some other songs near the end that kind of like trail off i mean we talked about equimini right yeah. that's one of them one of the greatest 10 track runs ever right. ever across any genre of music yeah and then some songs that aren't all that great do they did you know does it negate the greatness of the album no and i think that while you're correct the time length on this album probably is too long yeah particularly the choice to put three tracks that were you know five minutes plus back right. to back to back that all kind of had the same energy yeah. I think is a bad decision, but mm -hmm. like, whatever the yeah. like the meat of the album is still there. These songs don't take away from that, so you know it, it doesn't take away from the fact that this album is really good. 
Yeah. If I could do one thing that would be the easiest thing that I could do <clears throat> that would make this a better album, I would put What Would You Do as a bonus track. Okay, that's fair. You've heard What Would You Do, right? Whatever. I I would need to listen to it to remember it. Yeah, oh my God. It's um it's a, it was originally I think it was on the Murder Was the Case soundtrack. Um and then it was again on the Natural Born Killers soundtrack. Um, but yeah, uh, right, hold on. Let me look this up real quick and then I'll edit this in. So I hadn't oh listened my, to this, but oh upon listening to it now, uh, I can see why you would like it. Yeah. Yo, Outlaw just played the song. I just lost it again. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, like I, I actually had not heard the song, but I'm listening to it now. This is dope. Oh man. Every time I hear it, it just puts me back, you know, in that, in that mind frame. Uh, but that, if that was a bonus track on here, like I, I feel like. Why not just make it a track and take out some of the other ones at the end? Well, it did come out in 94 um, and it had That's been on two right. soundtracks prior to it oh, being on here. You. So this would have been the third album it would have been on. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Who's the producer on that? I want to say it's Daz. Man, Daz, you though. know what? Daz is a very I know underrated that, producer. Look, I know that you said that Eric Sermon is like your most underrated producer of all time, but I almost think I almost think Daz should be on that list. Yeah, because he's I think definitely that, on the list. I, I think that, you know, in terms of West Coast fans, they probably have a really good appreciation for Daz, but like yeah. Daz is fucking nasty. He really You is. know what I mean? And I, I really wonder if look Dre, Dr. Dre is great. He's one of the greatest producers of all time. He's yeah. in my he's in my elite tier of producers. Mm -hmm. But if he wasn't an asshole about some of his executive producer decisions and producer credit decisions, <laughs> and the the need to you know we talked about how Snoop wasn't competitive with his spotlight. I'm not sure if that's the same thing with Dr. Dre. Mm. I, I think that based off of some of the things that I've I've seen from Dr. Dre, the fact that yeah. he's you know just taking credit for some things. Yeah, it, I get the impression that like, no, nah, he is competitive when it comes to those things. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that maybe if he weren't that competitive, mm -hmm. you know, Daz would have had much more of a push. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the dude is nasty. Like, I wonder my, what I, one of my I think my favorite my favorite track or one of my favorite tracks on um, All Eyes on Me is Ambitious as a Rider. Oh, that shit does. fucking goes hard. And that yeah. is so Daz. That shit is just crazy. Yeah. I think, you know, it would be interesting and I'm sure, it, you know, it'll never happen, but it would be interesting to hear like his take on it because I feel like some to some degree, at least if the stories are true, some of that was Suge saying we can make more money from this song by saying that it was produced by Dr. Dre. Right. Um, and then some of it, of That's course, was Dr. Dre taking taking credit for somebody else's. Whatever. Dr. Dre had enough pool, though, yeah. that if he wanted to, he would have been like, nah, like. We can get even more money if there's two super producers in death yeah. row. But Dr. Dre chose not to do that shit. Yeah. You know, because when I think about uh, when I think about death row, I don't think about any other producers. Yeah. I think about Dr. Dre. And if there were other producers on there, they didn't highlight that enough. And Daz, yeah. sadly, like I feel like I feel like if it wasn't for the fact that his beats are so good or that he has so many good beats just on his own, mm -hmm. like he could have gotten kind of lost in the sauce a little bit. That's you true. know what I mean? And actually, so just, speaking of that, something we didn't talk about, um, Superfly actually plays the keys on a lot of the records on this album. 
Okay. Um, and I think he's, when we talk about underrated producers, I, Superfly is definitely on my list of most underrated producers, at least from the West Coast. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily have anything else to add to this. Um, like I said, you know, if I had more personal anecdotes, <laughs> I would provide them, but I don't have them. So yeah. if unless you have any other personal anecdotes that you would like to provide for our listeners. Nah, man. Uh, this is an excellent album. It's it is. definitely it a is. time capsule and take, took me back to 95 because I feel like for for whatever reason. And so, you know, for folks that haven't heard this joint, definitely go back and, and Please do, give yeah. it a listen. Yeah. So I think that should do it. Peace. Peace. Motherfuckers out there be like taking our stabs. Trying to do their own little this thing. Can't do it, you know? We don't do it like this. Sit back and have you ever heard of a slaughter? I ought to start dipping. Sipping on that ST gets me to tripping. I don't slip, I bangs with that mad ass dog pound gang. It's a DPG thing. Corrupt from the SC. You wanna test me? Let's see if you'll survive 45 times. Like a hollow point handed for your dome. Take a couple steps, turn around in this zone. Couldn't withstand the murderous mental. I subdue and then take two to your temple. When I cause all I cause from what's written, niggas collapsing when the straps is spitting. Look, this is how I was done, nigga. One, two, three. I I'm strap your best run, nigga. I give the fuck, corrupts the kingpin of the click. Little G with the biggest dick. Shit, a motherfucker better recognize. With the twist of my wrist, like OJ, you all die. I snack on motherfuckers like a bone On the beat of shit upon the microphone Ever since I was born Not to ever love a bitch Learn game after game That's why we are the best Motherfuckers be gay styles Minute after minute But soon as you did it I smelt the nigga shit Now what would you do If you could fuck with me or my crew But you can't so don't even think about Stepping in the motherfucking hell What would you do If you could fuck with me or my crew But you can't so don't even think about Bitches butterfly all day while I steady make my pay every single day in the LBC. Cruising through the east side, me and Lil Style in the back of a green six boat busting freestyle. No escape, give me the papers in the tape case. How much money could a nigga make in one place? The review ain't shit new. You stupid motherfuckers can't fuck with my crew. I see all these niggas trying to get with my kinfolk. Get so many busters on the west coast. And none to say the least, I see a few trick ass niggas laying low on the east coast. And the question is asked, do you wanna rap and scrap my blast? Cause that nigga dads, I'll be the first one to hit him. Oh yeah, fuck BG knockout and every nigga down with him. Cause I'm a natural born killer, and I still a hat. Motherfucker, cause it's like that. Now what would you do? What you you can fuck with me or my crew. It's so many motherfuckers that I can include. Who's quick to blast motherfuckers in a feud? It doesn't make a difference, cause it's about who's the quickest on the draw to end all existence. For instance, let's take these ruthless fools. These ruthless fools in a pound in one room. Assume it's only for conversation, so let's conversate. Slip a nigga to 38 and dip. Empty out the clip. Mind on set trip, cause niggas talk shit. Now, if a nigga had a prayer before a nigga died, would the nigga be dead or would he stay alive? And if I was in your shoes, would I survive? Probably not. You probably let your Glock go pop. Now drop to your knees and picture that nigga dad flowing in the breeze now what would you do if you could fuck with me or my crew but you can't so don't even think about stepping in the motherfucking hell what would you do if you could fuck with me or my crew
from the twitch of the eyes, you can see the line, just know it when you see it, cause it messes up the flow, to the real feelings you know, and I'd rather be sipping on a glass of wine, can you feel yourself in the ring with Everlast, trying to still a flow, I don't think so, cock blockers come with their hearts beating jealousy, in the way like a stray dog, trying to claim every bitch as his own, Hot blockers come in every color, even blue, yeah, this is true. Trying to fuck your woman, and even you. Now what the fuck would you do, motherfucker? <laughs> 